0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and food lovers of all kinds. We are excited to bring you episode number eight of this podcast. And today we have a special guest. It's our second guest ever on the show. And we're excited to have Keita Roberts from Girl Carnivore here today. And so she's going to be joining myself, Christy, and Derek as we go through our normal procedure of talking about all things cooking and food and fire-related. Um, and we're going to start with Keita Tell us a little about where you're at and something you've cooked recently that you're excited about.
1: I'm currently sitting at PJ's Coffee Shop on an exit in Louisiana on Route 10. And the other day I smoked a beef tenderloin. I went old school and uh, I'm actually really stoked about it. I've been playing with some classics and it's kind of been fun.
0: That's awesome. So what exactly do you do with a beef tenderloin?
1: I kept it really simple. A few days before, I had done a classic beef wellington, which I did not smoke, but I actually oven roasted that. And so this one, I just rubbed the outside and smoked it over in my pit barrel over Western um, wood products just to see if I could get that like pretty medium rare all the way through and then reverse seared it. I did a pan sear at the very, very end over hot cast iron and it came out amazing to top it off. I totally smoked some crab imperial to go along with it because if you're going to have beef tenderloin, you might as well throw some like. Rich and delicious crab imperial on it, so I smoked that as well, which was pretty freaking money.
0: That's awesome. Did you what internal temperature were you shooting with with on the tenderloin?
1: I actually went for one hundred and twenty because it's such a tender cut. Um, so I pulled it one hundred and twenty, um, and then I seared it and finished it off at one hundred and
0: thirty. Perfect, sweet. Christy, anything from you that you're excited about?
2: well, I'm hungry with what Keita just talked about. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, this weekend I kind of went back to basics. I did some reverse searing. Um, and I did a big tomahawk. Uh, I did some barbecue chicken. That's something that it's kind of, um, it's kind of a nemesis of mine because it was the first thing that I barbecued when I first got married, thought I knew what I was doing, totally burnt it on the outside while it was still raw on the inside. So I always like to like, just go back to those basics and remind myself of where I used to be and where I am today. Um, so I just took it with a a quick dry rub. I actually bought a whole chicken and and carved it out, broke it down into pieces because it's a lot cheaper to do it that way. Um, Gave it a nice dry rub, let that sit while I let the Brio catch up, you know, get to good temps. Um, And then I cooked it with skin side down. That's the secret that I've learned if you want really crispy skin is start it skin side down, um, get that nice crunch on it, and then flip it over and do an indirect heat cook. With the Brio, I'm able to just raise the rack just a little bit so that it's not quite so close to the fire and then let it keep cooking to 165. If you want to sauce it, you can do it at that point, right toward the end, um, just until that sauce gets nice and tacky. Um, but otherwise, yeah, that's basic barbecue chicken. So I got my, my tomahawk, my chicken, and then I threw some ribs on, uh, on my, uh, Hunsaker's too this weekend.
0: That's awesome. So with a chicken, I've, I've in the past struggled a bit because to do chicken, like not over charcoal, over actual wood fire, because, um, it just, it's, a little bit tends to be a little hotter and you have more flame and stuff like that. Um, so you mitigate that by keeping a low fire and staying off the flames a ways or or what was your kind of, how did you manage the fire while cooking that chicken?
2: Yeah, exactly. So I actually went with lump charcoal inside the Brio instead of the actual logs. Oh, um, awesome. so, okay. so, the, yeah, so that helped me get um, a lower flame and have just more of the hot coals. You know, I let them burn, um, for probably 20 minutes before I put the chicken on. And then I had the grate really low. I had it, um, almost as low as it could go. And I had the skin side down. And then as the skin started to get a little bit crispy and a little bit charred, I would keep raising it just a little bit while it was still skin side down. And then in that last part of the cook, um, the grate was probably I don't know maybe eight inches from from the top, and then that's when I flipped it over and just kept it going.
0: Sweet, sweet, that's awesome. So you actually used charcoal then? That that was kind of the uh, the the base heat for the chicken cook. Did you use any wood at all? Or was it, it was all lump charcoal?
2: It was lump charcoal, but I did throw in some chunks as well. Um, I threw in some apple chunks just for a little extra little kiss of flavor.
0: Right, right. For your actual smoke then, sweet, awesome. Thank you for the update from Christy. Um, Derek is. Uh, missing in action at the moment because he is out in Pacific coast time and it's seven a.m and he's struggling a little bit to wake up. <laughs> and he's gonna be hanging with Sasquatch today. No, Derek, are fair. you are I you really are honest. you with us? Are you with us, Derek? Are you with yeah, us in mind yeah. and spirit?
3: Can you hear me? Can you yeah. hear me? <laughs> yeah.
0: Loud and clear. How are you feeling? Oh this is great. This is awesome. So what's something you cooked recently, Derek, Here. that you're excited about? Or that you can at least talk about if you're not excited yet?
3: <laughs> Honestly So this time of year makes me really want to cook chili. Um, So I've been cooking a lot of chili. Uh, And chili is really fun because it's really pretty simple. Um, And depending on where you're at inside the United States, it depends on what you kind of deem is quote unquote chili. Uh, But I tend to add beans and I really love to add uh, beer um, and I really love to add chocolate to my chili. So I did a recent, a smoked, um, short rib, shredded short rib, uh, chili with Guinness and, um, dark chocolate. Wait, what? Yeah, I know. Everybody thinks that chocolate is like really wrong to add the chili, but it just, it makes it really smooth. It, like evens everything out really well. I've always
1: added a little cocoa um, powder. So Yeah. It-
3: yeah I mean what? everybody has their like little secret to chili um but mine has recently been trying to add dark chocolate
0: what Derek
3: okay, I'm putting
0: I'm putting jolly ranchers in tomorrow next one I, make chili. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean I don't know if that would create as robust of a flavor um, no so I think how much do
0: you there. add like proportionately like let's say you're making a gallon of chili how much chocolate is going in there
3: honestly only like maybe a uh like a, a simple bar of dark dark chocolate okay okay well that's so, not too bad no it's not like an excessive amount of chocolate i mean but the thing is is that dark chocolate is really not that sweet um, so really all you're trying to add in there um is just creating some of that like robustish creamier flavor Um, It just rounds out the chili really well. Uh, It's a lot like adding um, like I love adding Guinness or like a porter or stout, um, like a darker beer to the chili definitely makes it more rich. um, But it definitely rounds it out, brings out some of that like maltier flavor, some of that caramelly flavor, um, because I don't know. I like I, I swing back and forth between liking really, really spicy chili and then really rich chili. So they're definitely on two opposites of a spectrum. But, yeah, so that's what I've been cooking recently and just absolutely love it. I did compete, Christy. What? Whoa. God, no, barely, barely. Don't. Yeah. Um, my wife has a, a, a chili competition at her job. <laughs>
2: nice. So
3: I came in third place, which I was pretty not impressed with. I wanted to win. Um, <laughs> wow. But third place is pretty good. There was like... There was like 100 chilies there. Wow. Uh,
2: so did they call your name? That's the thing. If you got the call, that's a win, man.
3: Well, I wasn't there. So my <laughs> wife...
2: <laughs> All right, all right. Well, you got you got the call though. That's great.
3: <laughs> so, and we got uh, a $15 gift card to chilies.
2: Woo. Um,
3: there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um great. Well, we've covered what everyone um, has cooked except for me, which I have nothing that interesting, although this morning, I think I took the most impressive food photo of my life. Ooh! So I'm, I, you just have to wait. I will reference it. Uh, it's on a Brio. Surprise, surprise. Uh, it features a lot of beef. I think it's the most impressive photo I've ever taken. So I'll post awesome. it on the podcast. Don't hide it Actually, I'll post it the day on Friday when this goes live. So if you're listening to this. Go to Brew's Instagram. You'll see the photo. See if you agree with me. Is it the coolest photo that I've ever taken? Um, moving onward with our conversation. Uh, Keita, you were with Derek recently at... Where yeah, was we did World uh, Food. Was it World Food? Where were you guys yeah. with all the big viewers? Can you tell us? We heard Derek's side of the story. Can you tell us a little story? about that? We got experience? to cook over
1: <laughs> the war wagon, which was amazing. <laughs> what a fun like adventure to have, right? Like we get to wake up and cook over pits and fire, and Western rolled in this custom built Asado style grill, which was just out like with we got to. I mean, I was freaking Highlander. Like it was amazing. <laughs> And so between Derek and myself, um, the two other guys, they brought in Shane and and Dylan hanging a hindquarter of beef. And I really loved the salmon, especially the salmon that like Derek nailed to the board. I just thought, like, what a beautiful display. And a lot of people don't get to see their food in action. You know, we, we do a lot of finished food here and people devour it and they think it tastes good. But I think making people see their food gives a little bit more respect and shows um just what we have to work with. And so I really liked that. I also really liked Derek. I think it was you that like hung um, some pork and had like, we had a little bit of herbs hanging off of it and that sort of thing. I thought there was a beautiful use of a lot of food there.
3: There was honestly, it was uh, definitely a very um, true, like a little ode to South America hanging out. And I really the liked the Dalton. plan there.
1: We kind of just decided that if we were going to be in Texas, in Dallas, you know, you've got such an amazing meat scene in texas as it is that we were just going to own it we weren't going to make things pretty we weren't going to try to garnish them up we were going to serve meat with pickles and a piece of bread like i really loved that the idea was like this is what we have and this is how it's it's working and dang if it didn't work
0: yeah no it, the photos and videos coming out look, looked insane i think derek you were saying that the swords the trosco swords you guys put out like a just a ton of meat on those is that is that right is that what you guys were like the, a lot of the volume that you
3: were serving was off of those yeah, it's pretty impressive how much volume you could probably put off of, uh, you know, a, a, a pit like that with maybe uh, ten swords. I, mean, I think you could you could easily. Feed what
1: a was lot like a people. five and a half, five um, by maybe three and a half feet big?
3: Yeah, yeah. So I it mean, wasn't really it, that big, considering how much food you had on there. Yeah, it really wasn't, and I think that, that we. I mean, we also hung a lot of food, and uh, we did a lot of other stuff, but I really think that. Um, I was just really taken back. I mean, it's no wonder that like the Brazilians use this as a a main way of cooking their meat um, just because it really works. I mean, it really works. And we all love skewered food. um, But I mean, this is just, you know, the Churrasco skewers or really Churrasco swords should be, uh, you know, I mean, they're just a great, useful way of being able to cook over fire for a lot of people. Um, and you know, we were always joking too. Like we, we were like the centerpiece of the whole event. Everybody was coming over and getting all their Instagram photos of, <laughs> of just that because nobody has ever really seen it all that much.
0: Right. Well, see. And that's kind of what I want to ask both of you is like, um, you know, obviously I feel that wood fired cooking is a trend that's, that's coming in, that is going to be a bigger deal in America over the next couple of years. And the main, one of the main reasons I'm saying that is because. It's so it's so much more of a visual experience than in a smoker. I have a smoker; I cook on it um, quite a bit. But when I have guests over and I'm cooking on open pit, um, the interaction around the food is just so much more heightened because it's so visual. You can see what's happening, and you're like basting stuff, and there's like stuff dripping in the fire and it's sizzling. Um, so, especially being in Texas, which is like pitmaster ground zero, um, you know, Grand Central Station for your classic barbecue. Uh, what was the interaction with the crowd? I as think the you crowd lit up. I mean, a, a lot of people way. were very, very curious in
1: general. Just um, what is that? How does it work? How does it hold? You know, how do you make sure? It, I mean, I think Derek specifically, the salmon, somebody was asking you, like, how do you make sure it's cooked? <laughs> Which is kind of funny because it's baffling to see that all it takes is heat and control to actually cook our food. And it's amazing to me that for thousands of years, this is how we've cooked. And suddenly it's making a comeback and people are baffled that all you need is, like, I don't know, fire and and nuts and you can cook it's like this amazing like revelation um so i think a lot of people were amazed the variety of things we had on there and just how we were able to control the heat
3: i do think that that is always a big thing i mean um uh, you know a lot of americanized really not americanized modernized grilling um We have a lot more information. So on the grill, we have what the temperature is. We now have probes that can tell us what temperature our meat is at. We've done case studies on figuring out what is medium, what is medium rare, all the way down to specific scientific numbers of internal temperature. Um, But yet for like 99% of history, we've never even known any of that information. We've just done it.
2: Yeah, I always say that like the pellet grill is like the gateway grill to live fire cooking because for those who get intimidated by what you guys are doing because it looked amazing on Instagram and just so inspirational. But people aren't going to go like light a bonfire in their backyard. So then they get to that pellet grill. They can do exactly what you said, push the number, stick the probe in, and it tells you when it's done. But as they get comfortable at that level, then they get curious. And then they want to try an offset smoker. Then they want to you know move to an open fire pit. So I, I love that you guys did this and the timing of this because the, the pellet industry and the grilling industry in general is so huge right now that it just it just piqued more people's interest into transitioning over to the sci fire world
3: I, I wholeheartedly agree in fact um, going to some of the like big um, you know like expos and stuff like that you, you see this funny weird trend happening in the grilling world where you're either on one side where you're just going massively into technology I mean you're just taking it to a level that is well, way beyond what is like anything we've ever had before. Um, Or you're just stripping it all the way back. Um, So I think that like, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said. I think that uh, you're really right. I mean, the one hard thing about fire cooking and really mostly cooking in general, but specifically fire cooking um, is that maybe um, it's a little intimidating um, to you know, because there's not as much room for error um, on cooking over fire if you really don't have a general sense of what you're doing. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that what a lot of people get intimidated by that. Um, but when you when you start to see the pattern in cooking, yeah, um, you start to realize that it's really only you know a couple variations of, of patterns when it comes to cooking and live fire cooking is the same idea.
0: I really like your point too, Christy, in that people, it's kind of like people are on this journey or this progression, um, of using something that's a little bit more plug and play a little bit simpler, but it still gives you that amazing flavor. And then as they get experienced with that, and as they are being inspired by seeing things, a lot of times, you know, on Instagram and online, um, just like what Keita and Derek were doing, uh, it pushes them into like, all right. I've got this part of it. Now, what can I add?
2: Mm-hmm. How can
0: I expand, you know, my own skill set? And I think, um, you know, obviously our goal at Brio 2 is to provide tools to make that easier, um, but it's still going to be more difficult than a pellet curl. It's just the reality of, of the cooking style, um, especially as you get into more advanced styles of open fire cooking. I mean, cooking burgers is one thing, um, but I really like that people can kind of find their sweet spot anywhere in this whole spectrum. And what all three of you guys do a great job of is creating content for that spectrum, and so people can, you know, find something that inspires them where they're at. I guess is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I definitely I started on a gas grill. You know, I had the Weber gas grill in the backyard and light it up and throw stuff on, and you can easily do your indirect and direct. And then I kind of transitioned to an offset, transitioned to the pellet, and and now 20 plus grills in the backyard, and most of them are live fire. And that's the experience that you get from live fire is is that added bonus in addition to the taste of the great grilled food. I mean, I love cooking food in the backyard on the gas grill. It tasted wonderful. But now to just sit out there around the fire to actually control the fire and kind of become a master of that fire and understanding the heat and understanding what it does to the meat at which different (laughs) stages, there's just something really rewarding and satisfying about that. um, And I think there has been for centuries.
1: I do think we all have iterations. I'm planning a trip down to visit Mama Alley for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) somebody was asking what I'm going to be grilling on. And I'm laughing because I realized I have three. Three grills at Allie's house. And apparently I have a Brio coming to Allie's house too, which I'm a little bit excited about. Um, She just told me this yesterday and we're already planning our live fire. But I I think when you get back to the live fire (laughs) cooking aspect, you do have the iterations and the chapters and I do want to give credit to the gas grills. I'm glad you said that. I'm actually editing a piece right now as we're typing, talking about how, you know, gas grills and how they are an important chapter of our, our grilling, you know, what we're learning and why. And I, you know, I'm going to, you guys might mock me, but the electric smoker, you know, when, when even before the pellet smoker, when somebody was just trying to figure out smoking, if they didn't have the knowledge or the means or somebody to help them understand smoking, the electric smoker really goes a long way. Um, But community. So for thousands of years, we've evolved. We sat around the fire and you sit around the fire, you cook your meat, but you're also conversing, you're experiencing, you're, there's something so much more. It's, it's not just primal. I think it's community. And so, when you say the experience of sitting around the fire, I think it is so much more than just the food.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think
0: an awesome example of that, Kita. It's a great point, first of all. But I think an example for all of us recently was social feasts, because so much of the good, so many of the good conversations that I personally had happened while food was being either prepped or actually on the fire because there's that cook there's that period of exactly cooking time that's our barbecue grill community it's the you're looking you're talking, or talking about you're, it, about you're always learning something and, and I, I think, think you know at world food championships Derek, uh, uh, i think so
1: too like people weekend. were so curious and they had so many questions about it it's such a neat way to invite people
2: to the table yeah well said
3: yeah i you know i think though I also think that this, uh, this timing with live fire and a lot of transition, I mean, it just ebbs and flows with a lot of cultural uh, aspects that are going on. Um, I personally think that, um, you, you know, you've seen this progression of kind of uh, growing, growing technology inside the grilling and cooking community. Uh, and, you know, it started with electric and then it's gone to gas and now we're at pellets. Um, And even now, even seeing like some of these hybrid grills um, where they're like all three where you can get like gas, um, real wood fire and like electric cooking at the same time, too. It's just insane. Depending on what you need, it's like the Prius of cooking. Um, But like I think that it's been really cool as well to see how a lot of the people that are using all the other stuff are also finding themselves cooking over open pit fire. Um, just because I, I do think that there is a level of community, uh, centered around it. And, you know, and we keep bringing up this point too. Um, I think that there's a big powerful aspect of being able to see your food cook. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, you know, you don't learn the lesson, uh, about like keeping the lid on the grill until you realize like every time I look at my food, when I'm smoking (laughs) something, I'm taking out heat. And so, Like there's totally a time and a place for all of that. But like there's a lot of there's something really fun um, about being surrounded by people that are interested in fire cooking, uh, like at the festival and everybody being able to see the food cook and then just being able to answer questions. And people are curious as to why you're doing what you're doing or, um, you know, even I thought it was always funny, too, like leaning the salmon over the fire or up against the fire, people are like, so is that like, will that cook. (laughs) Um, And and so it's always just fun because, uh, you know, it makes, it makes it less intimidating Um, and it might encourage them to go home and will they do, you know, nail plate salmon? Uh, Probably not, but are they going to try and make some steaks or something over the fire at home? I don't know, maybe. And so that's just a, a good little start.
2: Well, and what else is really cool, and it's it's been evident on this show and all the different podcasts that we've done is that we with live fire cooking you are not strapped to your backyard. You can go anywhere, and we've been showing off America. Um, Kita's traveling all the time. Look at you right now; you're up in um, Oregon or Washington, Oregon, yeah. Um, and so we can we can go anywhere, and we can still get that fire going, and we can still cook something that's incredible and share it with people. And so it, it, there's something about live fire and travel that is. Hand- in hand and that we can just really discover America, discover the different cultures by different cuts of the different places that we go to, add different spices or rubs or flavors, the different states that we travel to. So it's definitely more than just going to your Costco, grabbing some burger patties and throw it in the backyard. We've this experience so, and and the people who are listening to us and so who are following you, us and-, like, and, and are either part, of this, about, like, part of this experience, or want to be part of this experience. It's have just, a totally just a really cool community as he kid up out a really cool like, a culture few weeks that's ago,
1: been was, created. Uh, I had these beautiful porter road be um, beef ribs, <laughs> and man, they're like they're gorgeous. They come in, they're massive, and I was so strapped for a time that I like I rubbed them, I hung them, I, hung them. I threw them in a the Oklahoma Joe smoker, and it was my first like really, really. Long. I was cooking these things, and I'm paying attention to the Oklahoma Joe's, and I'm like, man, that thing's holding temperature a lot better than I thought it did and hours go by and I'm like, this, this is awkward. I'm not sure I like this. I really need to peek. Okay. Don't peek. You're going to let the smoke. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I finally peeked. Thank God. I like looked except the ball of fire that erupted when I opened the lid because the ribs had fallen onto the coals and it was keeping an amazing temperature, but yeah, the hooks didn't hold and the ribs just broke and fell onto the the coal. And, And so I then had to just keep gently putting the fire out because y'all know how much fat is on beef ribs and oh. so that is just fuel you add air you've got fuel it's just gonna I mean it was like a full-on bonfire <laughs> right. for an hour and I lapped so I mean I was really upset um it was a giant you know yeah. I never want to waste anything but what a learning experience like even for for us I just the hooks weren't big enough and I kind of knew it when I did it but I was <laughs> it was like I was rushed I was gonna do it anyway but uh, I would have never done that if I'd been watching my food. <laughs> So, yeah, that was a hundred dollar lesson for me right there.
3: But Honestly, love- we could do a whole episode on fire cooking fails. I mean, yeah. week, yeah. I, was yeah. hanging out. I was just hanging yeah. out with Kirk and Collins. He runs the account, the grill revealer. Uh, he came in town. And anyway, we fired up the Brio. Um, little little fact. The Brio can get really hot just yep. so you know. Um, and I, I was too lazy to break down the wood, which I normally do. So I kind of put like bigger chunks in there. Um, but it wasn't like, it, you know, I, because I didn't break it down, the, the heat on it was still just kind of like centered in the middle. and uh, so I was like, okay, I want to, I wanted to be cooking some <laughs> chorizo that. on the sear plate. Uh, and so anyway, I threw in a bunch of Western wood chunks to see if I could just get the fire going and, uh, just tip. Wood chunks really get that fire going
0: (laughs) Um,
3: to the point where the point where like we we weren't able to like it was so hot we had to wait for it to come down for probably like 30 minutes which is also awesome because it maintained temperature for like this is not an ad okay (laughs) but it maintained temperature for like the next two hours which was pretty awesome Um, but still yeah and then Oh, man. I mean, you know, things just don't always work out like you. It's always fun to uh, cooking over fire really humbles you almost every time because you ultimately know that at the end of the day, the fire is going to do exactly what the fire wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's I always say it's a lot like surfing where it's like we're always trying to chase after the perfect wave, even though we know it'll never actually really happen we're trying to chase after it because there's something just like really fun about being a part of something so powerful that we cannot control. Uh, and we can't control fire. Um, so we try and we try to interpret it. Hey, Christy, uh, remember that time I still had macaroni and
2: cheese all know. over social feast? Uh,
3: you know, with your – with the the hooks or I'm sure Christy – no, Christy's probably perfect. She's never – No,
2: perfect. I've totally dropped ribs. They're pork ribs. <laughs> I've t- yeah, I've totally had that happen. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when you do the fail episode, <laughs> I'm totally to committed to at least a few Dirty hilarious mat. fails because I am good at that. Yeah, so. it's it, we're we're human. We we make things look great on Instagram, or at least we try. But we are definitely all human and have our fails for sure.
3: We'll just have a call in episode for like there an hour. Yeah. 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 yeah, call in random people Call-in with days. your fails.
0: <laughs> Love it. Great. Um, I'm very pumped. I want to go out and cook more, even though I was up at six o'clock cooking. Every time I do this podcast, I get more hyped to cook more stuff. So hopefully the listeners are having the same experience. Um, And from the feedback we've been getting, I think they are. Any final thoughts? We got to wrap up here shortly, folks. Anyone got any final thoughts before we say adios?
2: I'm just pumped to head to New Orleans. I'm going to be hanging out with Keita this weekend at the National Barbecue Championships, and we're going to see the top 24 teams in the country competing to be the national champ. So follow, follow us on the gram. Keita's at Girl Carnivore. I'm at Girls Can Grill. And yeah, we'll be sharing all the fun. Awesome.
1: And I'm going to be traveling down to South Carolina next in a couple of weeks. So if you guys have any foodie favorites or anything you want mama ali and i to throw on the grill for thanksgiving let us know
3: and i'm out here in the p hanging out with sasquatch barbecue gonna be doing some fun stuff cooking over fire out in the middle of nowhere so stay tuned on that
0: awesome you guys are a busy bunch hard to keep after you uh thank you everyone for tuning in to episode eight we appreciate you subscribing and downloading these episodes and we'll see you on the next episode cheers